into episode 75 of the Get Around Podcast. Three quarters of the way to 100, and speaking of 100, we did hit our 100th track last week. Okay. So uh, That includes After Darks and everything like yeah, that? Yep, and Powdered Sugar Donuts, if you haven't listened, and Brendan go, go gets back. The and Brendan Gets the Giggles, yes. That's uh, the voices of Jake Atnip, Brendan Queeley, joining us today, because apparently he's got nothing better to do, and James Cook. I never have <laughs> anything better to do. There's nothing better to do than this podcast. There's nothing better to do than record this podcast. There's nothing better to do than listen to this podcast uh, I, I, over and over again. I, I like that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. Next Monday, I think I might be doing something better. Yeah, Jake's headed to Minneapolis since his Spartan dogs. Sunshine State. Do- <laughs> which I must have never really paid attention because I literally never heard them called the Spartan dogs I've before said it to Jake so showed up here. so many times. No, I mean before you showed up here. Oh, yeah. I literally never heard but that before. But they have like the Final Four shirts that say Spartan dogs on them now. Like it's, it's that's been a thing forever. The, are, are the there dogs. dogs on them? No, it's just D A W G S. Those kind of dogs. Spartan yes. dogs. Okay. Yeah, the Spartan dogs beat Duke. Come on, guys. I never heard Harrison say that. He's pretty hardcore stady. He is not a hardcore stady at all, and I'll call him out for that. He he he's never him burned him, a couch. Me and him, no, me and him have had some had some pretty. I, I met up with him after the game last night, and we heck, Jake's you know, flipped a car. We've had a <laughs> not quite, um, at least not convicted of. <laughs> Wait, I was of just set throwing offense. that out there. I wasn't uh... <laughs> not, not not convicted of set offense. No, but uh... he tried, pulled a muscle, gave up. But I, Harrison just doesn't, I feel like he doesn't share the same affinity as I do. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter. We all partied He's, like it was 1979 last night because <laughs> we beat Duke. I think he meant 1999. No, 1979. Oh, the last time that Michigan State won the national championship. That's not the last time. Well, sorry, 40 years ago. They You're won right, it in 2000. 2000. No, but I meant 1979, was, 40 years ago. Was it 2000 2001? It was 2000. 2000. Yeah, it was the year 2000. 2000. First, what we started off at, anyways, holy crap, we beat Duke. That was probably the biggest win in Michigan State basketball history, at least in my lifetime. Um, I mean, I, so hold on, I gotta ask so you. I gotta. I, get, I, I honestly think that game, as long as we win the national championship game, that game will go down as bigger than the the two thousand national championship or one that we could win this An year. An elite well, eight win. Well, let's like, let's so. ignore a okay. potential national championship for a second. What was bigger about Sunday's win? Uh, the fact that. Izzo beat K after being one and eleven through mm-hmm. their first twelve matchups. Or really, getting, that was the or, record. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking. This about. This was only this Izzo's was, second win against Shashevsky. This was the or biggest get, or win. getting to the final four. I mean, obviously four, one that the they go hand in hand. But which yeah. one's be, which one was it's about? It, it's more about beating Duke. Okay. Like, see, like us going to the final four. Like, especially this year, the championship. This is what the eighth or ninth time for eighth Izzo? time for Izzo in twenty twenty two years or twenty three years. He but he uh, but. This year, the championship was going through Duke and Zion Williamson, no matter what happened. You know what I'm saying? So not only yeah, you showed me your brackets. Yeah, but it was going through them. So Jake had no he he was ye of little faith. I don't, and I'm eating crow right now. I had yeah, the Spartans I, going out in round one. Not quite. No, but losing they, to they Duke. Shouldn't have I had him losing even to Duke. Been a top sixty-eight. And team. I, that's I didn't want. I have I haven't. I said all year I didn't think this was the team. I didn't think this was the team. Not even for a Final Four. And this, I mean, just since the beginning of March, like this whole month has just been filled with such good basketball that I've watched over every, just what a month. I don't know. This has been fantastic. <laughs> Turn 25, we've got to see a state final down at Frankfurt going Michigan State wins. We're going to the final four. What, once we're about 10 days into April, Jake is going to start having withdrawal symptoms. Literally, I guarantee it, especially when I get back from Minneapolis. And then it's like, what, three months before I'll have another, another little stint of time off. 
It was so. fun seeing uh, Xavier Tillman out on the floor, especially after we had seen him uh, at the Breslin Center playing for what Grand Rapids Christian back in the uh, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he's only a sophomore now. I, I, I and like, Marcus Bingham and Foster Lawyer. Yeah, on that yeah. team too that we saw, saw that year. They, they didn't, didn't get they didn't play yesterday, but but, but yeah. yeah I, it was, I I told Jake though because uh, I remembered watching him play too. I mean, other than the fact that he's a very large human being, I was not impressed with him at Breslin. When I heard that he was going to Michigan State, I was like, seriously? But, man, he has earned. He, he definitely he's, has. He, Izzo he's has gotten uh, in the weight room. You can yeah, tell that. Yeah. Like, he, he, he's smart. He probably cut weight. Oh, yeah, a getting, lot, yes. By getting bigger. Yeah. yeah. No, he did. He, uh, I, I remember when he was coming worked in. his magic. Yes, I remember when he was coming in, everybody, because was, he was right after Miles Bridges. Everybody was like, oh, like, dude, we're going to have two, like, really athletic guys. And I thought he was a little overhyped, but, like, the role that he's fit into, like, he did so well on Zion Williamson. Yeah, Zion had yes. 24 and 14, but, like, that didn't even look like, it, it never looked like he was in control of the game. No, mm-hmm. Xavier looked really disciplined out yeah. there. And, I yeah. mean, that's how the Michigan State plays. Goins played him pretty well, too, when exactly. he got switched on to him, too. Yeah, even I thought okay, Goins was Is it Goins or Goins? Because Goins. I've heard it both I, ways a hundred different Goins. times it's since Goins. Sunday. It's Goins. Okay. No, I, I, I originally thought it was Goins uh, when he first started five years ago, and we did that throughout the student section, <coughs> but we actually eventually got corrected okay. to be Goins. All right. Well, I had mostly heard Goins leading up to yesterday, yeah. And then ever since, I keep hearing Goins, 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 and I'm like, really? Okay. It's, but it's, it's Goins. It's t- right. I, I, from what I know, it's Goins. But uh, I have he's a friend of mine on Facebook, so what up, Kenny? So final uh, final four, how did you guys do on your final four? I got zero out of four. I got two out of four. I think I got zero. I got zero. <laughs> yeah. We're horrible. I call, I call, horrible. Brutal. I call we don't Texas know a damn brutal. thing. I called Texas Tech, and I called Virginia. What would you call um, Final four participants. Hey, ESPN's bracket. I, thought you, I figured you'd call them jerks or something. Yeah. <laughs> ESPN's bracket challenge alone was something like just short of 18 million submissions. There were fewer than 8,000 that oh, yeah, cor- it's like correctly according the to final four. the Dan Levitard show this morning, yes, I also heard that. So. There would be, there would, the only, Auburn had, That's crazy. I mean, yeah, Auburn being the five seed was the one to kind of muck that all up. I feel like you could have picked the other three teams. But I don't think anybody did the combination. Anybody with the combination with Auburn in there too. Like Auburn was hot from the start of the tournament. They looked great. But I'm picking them to win the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Auburn? I think it's going to be yep. Michigan State. I don't think Virginia. they can do it after they lost uh, Chuma. Yeah, Chuma. That ACL. Yeah. Well, that I mean, was I, bad. I'm no, I'm no fan of Bruce Pearl, but no. I, I I don't know if anybody really likes Bruce Pearl. Even no that that game like against Kentucky was or, like the, uh, you know. Who do you dislike more? Yeah. <laughs> Cal you or they, Pearl. They offered Coach Cal a lifetime contract today? Yeah, that's because UCLA apparently offered him $50 million. Yeah. So they offered him a lifetime contract, and I'm sure he'll take it. But uh, anyways, going to Minneapolis, I cannot wait. Can I got... somebody offer us a lifetime contract to do this podcast and nothing else? Yeah, for $50 nothing million. Dollars. We will do that for if the rest for of our lives, mil... and it'll be fine. Hey, Jimmy Johns. We'll even... You're, our, you're our sponsor, we'll... Jimmy Johns, right? Give we'll us even split million. it among... The four of us. Yeah, yeah. Lock us in this mm-hmm. room. I mean, Podfather only wants ten percent. That's all. Dude, imagine all right, only ten percent. What if yeah. we did? What, all if, right. what if we did a year you long be, experiment? Wait, way to bargain yourself down. So you that's, you that's thirty percent for each of us. Brendan gets ten. I'm good with that. All right. Imagine that that we do a year long podcast where we sit in this room and we never stop recording. I guarantee you somebody would sign on. To I it. just love how Brendan is bidding against himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, guys, I'm worthless. That's something that's never been done before. 
a 24-hour or 365-day-in-a-row podcast. Well, there's currently a... Someone's offering a sleep study for someone to stay in bed for two months. They get nineteen grand. Like, but they're not allowed to get up. Right, I yeah, know. Yeah, but do you know like, what that does? They have to get a catheter, I'm sure, and all kinds of unpleasant Yeah, they're, they're literally trying 19 to test. Nineteen grand for a catheter, yeah, not worth it's it. It's not no. even a catheter. They're, they're trying to, they're, your muscles are going to go into atrophy. Yep. I, yeah. Like, that's what yeah. they're, they're literally it's, like. They're only pay paying you. nineteen grand. To be fair. Oh, my God, that's so I not worth it. I did sleep until 3.30 on Sunday. So, and I also was... I was like 2.45. So I, was I was also... Up. So you woke up at what, about halftime of the Kentucky Auburn game? That sounds game? perfect I, for I, you, though. I would yeah, think. It's about right. You could just sit there and play video games I was, all day. I was up until 6 o'clock. I got home from Harrison's, I think, at 4.30. I was starving, so I had to make myself some food. <laughs> I did the same thing. I got. I think we got back at like 6.30, though. I'm making some mac and cheese. And yeah, I, I made ate myself, like a whole uh, thing of orange sherbet. Jake understands O'Brien. And some uh, eggs, cheese. Oh, it was really good. <laughs> Threw a little salsa in there. A little huevos rancheros. Huevos nice. rancheros. Anyways, go green, go white. I can't wait to go to Minneapolis. We can move on with the rest of the show now. This might be the first time that the intro actually played out about how I imagined in my head when I was <laughs> laying out the episode. And that's especially surprising since one Brendan Queeley's also in the room. <laughs> um, I was worried about a hijacking, yeah, but there's this, nothing... I kept this on topic. There's nothing that could hijack me from talking about the Spartans beating Duke and going to the Final Four. So I think next week, if, if State wins on you wins get their semifinal, yeah. we should do... A, you got to do a live, live call-in call in on Monday. I, I, we can do that. Yeah. That works. I'll have signal in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. We'll I was going to say okay. he should have to get a tattoo, but... I just might. Maybe talk your Yeah, that's that's the big deal. Is I, for Saturday, I'm, I don't have tickets for Saturday, so I'm gonna try and finagle my way into a press pass. I'm gonna start flashing on those Record Eagle business cards and be like, "Look at me, look at me." This episode, episode seventy-five, is our all-region boys basketball special. And uh, <laughs> took a long time to tell you guys about that. And I forgot that word. Flipping through the thesaurus, special. Got it. So we've got that for you. We will be going over the full five teams, five players per team, uh, dream team through fifth team, so put how together. Many, how many players by, is that then? Quick the math, guys. 25. 29. 29 or 2 of 50. Who knows their multiplication tables? Me. What is five times five? Is this what we're doing? Are we doing? Are we back to Jeopardy? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is five times five? Yeah. One of the multiplication tables. Correct. <laughs> That's a variation that works. We do have an honorable mention list, uh, but you will have to check out Sunday's edition of the Record Eagle uh, to get those names. Then we will welcome in our Player of the Year. I won't spoil that just yet, but uh, Jalen Rogers. <laughs> wow, he did it again, guys. He didn't even play this. Year, Unbelievable. <laughs> It is not Jalen Rogers, uh, but we'll have a sit-down with our Player of the Year. Uh, we'll have uh, the return of our Aft Tweet of the Week segment again. I think James was scouring Twitter for about 72 hours from Friday to Sunday trying to curate the best and brightest tweets from his timeline. Is, is that your job now, James? You're, you're in charge of Aft Tweet of the Week? I don't know about him being in charge of it. I just think he but likes I, it I, on Twitter. I saw a couple of good ones, so I screenshotted them, and that's what we'll go with. We'll have our second retroactive winner edition of the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. And then... I know who I'm nominating. Jalen Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll get into the trifecta and kind of tie back into where we started with college basketball and the NCAA tournament. 
Just real quick, if people don't understand the, the Jalen Rogers references, last year around this time when we were deciding on our player of the year for boys basketball, there was an extremely heated debate between myself and one Mr. Brett Summers over who should be the player of the year. We went with Jalen Rogers. He thought it was Kate. Brendan Peterson. went with Jalen Rogers. <laughs> Two out of the three voted for Jalen Rogers. One out of the three voted for Kate Peterson. That's how it went down. But it's uh, how the history books will remember it. Hey, it's one of our most listened to episodes, us yelling at each other. And then yelling at each other the next week, too. Or, I mean, I think I yelled at you more than you yelled at me. <laughs> you don't really strike me as the type of guy who yells at anybody. Other than when he's lifting really and I don't, heavy weights. And I don't hold grudges either. What you lucky about? <laughs> I brought up Jalen Rogers a couple times in the last couple weeks. I didn't bring it up ever, any of those times. Not in the podcast, just in the office. Pretty sure it was brought up it's last cool. week, wasn't it? Didn't Harrison bring it up? Well, I'm saying you I didn't bring it up I didn't often, bring it up. Seems. Yeah. yeah, I think it's funny. <laughs> no. Let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, get into the pulse, and with the release of our boys' basketball all-region team. Drum roll, please. First member of the fifth team from Buckley, Enrique Andrade. He averaged 15.7 points, 10.2 rebounds, also two blocks a game for the Bears this year. Who, uh, you know, They were a team that was surprisingly competitive this year after losing their entire starting lineup last year. Um, so... Not Frankfurt surprisingly competitive after losing their entire entire yeah, starting lineup, but, but they did beat Frankfurt. They did. So. They did. I, I was going to say probably times. Buckley probably lived up to the expectation that we originally thought Frankfurt was going to be at. Yeah. Whenever Buckley ended the game with five players, they beat Frankfurt. <laughs> Next, Central Lakes. Brett Dewey, average sixteen points, five point nine rebounds, one point three steals, two point three assists, and almost a block at point eight. So he obviously was all over the floor for the Trojans, and he was a good complimentary piece to a few other guys who are going to be moved up this list. Leland's JJ Pop joins the fifth team at ten point one points, six point two assists. Nice number there. 9.3 boards per game and 3.1 steals. Comets are, they're coming. That, that's almost a triple-double. He had plenty of triple-doubles this year. We talked about him a lot over and over and over again. I believe he made it into the Get Around Hall of Fame as well. What's more impressive, a triple-double or a double-triple? <laughs> I would say a double-triple would be much more impressive. You think 100 points and 100, assi- 100 uh, assists? I was, I was thinking double-triple sounds like some type of McDonald's cheeseburger or something. That sounds pretty good right now. All right. Chase Ingersoll from Forest Area, 22.7 points a game, 5 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and 2.4 steals. He How many points per game? 22.7 a game. Rounding out the fifth team, Mancelona's Matt Boyer, 18.1 points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals. So that's your five on the fifth team. On the fourth team, Onekama senior Taylor Bennett averaged 15 points a game, shot almost 50% from the field, added 6.8 boards, 2 assists, 2.3 steals, and 1 block. Per contest. Showed up a lot for them down the stretch, too. James? Next up for Ellsworth, senior Atlas Marlott. Averaged 17.6 points a game, 2.5 steals, 4.3 rebounds, 3 assists. Shot 57% from the field from 2-point range, 46% overall, and 81% from the free throw line. Which is impressive if you ask me because I can't make any. Neither can apparently almost every team in the NCAA tournament anymore. <laughs> Jesus, I, this is like the worst free throw shooting I've ever seen. Well, Cam Reddish, like he can m- make one when he needs to miss it and miss it when he needs to make it. That's, that's fine. was like one for five. That's for, yeah. All righty, so we got a tall, lanky, 
post player in the fourth team, Elk Rapids senior Jack Hawkins. Was always a good presence for them. Had 16.1 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, shot 50% from the field. Also had a half a block a game with a couple of steals to go along with that. Leland senior Grayson Carlson, all six foot eight of him, 14.2 points, 14.5 rebounds. Is he the leading rebounder in the area, James? That's, that's got to be the, the the best rebounding average in the area. And he's going out to play college next season at uh, Wisconsin Stout, joining TC Central's Preston Briggs, who we may see here later on the team. It's also the alma mater of Jim Uli, Traverse City Central legendary football coach. Good Lord. How do you have that information <laughs> stored in your head? That makes no sense. <laughs> Jim pulling out a Jim Uli reference. I mean, he literally never even covered Jim Uli. That's what I'm saying. But he knows where he went to school, which is University of Wisconsin Stout Stout. Dark Beer. (laughs) I was at a party Saturday night, and his son was there, so we were talking. Oh, okay, James, go ahead with our final fourth team member. Probably the most difficult name to pronounce after Enrique Andrade. Uh, from Manistee Catholic Central Junior, Kyle Mikolajic. I'm gonna take that's that's what I'm I gonna like that's what I'm gonna go with. M I K O L. If nothing else, it's a it's a valiant attempt. Yeah, and this is gonna probably appear in the spelling bee. I'm gonna assume later. Well, don't even give me. I'll highlight it and make sure it's on there. No. But the junior at Manistee Catholic averaged 18.8 points a game, shot 54 percent from the field, 8.7 boards a game, and also had over a block per contest this year. All right, time for that third team. Starting to move up, looking at the, maybe the 15 finest seasons in prep boys basketball this year. Jake, go ahead and kick it off. All right, so the first person on our third team is the Glen Lake senior, Drew Peterson. Uh, he contributed a lot more than his numbers suggested this year. Uh, their post player, post presence, and the third Guy on that Laker team who was able to kind of make things happen. He was one of the best passing big men in northern Michigan. And uh, his numbers don't quite give him the recognition I think he deserves. And third team is a good spot for him. Frankfurt sophomore Jack Stefanski joins the third team. 14 points a game, 7.9 rebounds, 1.3 steals, and 2.7 assists. And, of course, without him, uh, there's no way the Panthers make it to the Division Four state championship game after his it's still crazy to heroics. Think about. It is. And, and, yeah, like you said, his play down the stretch could have put him into a, a much better conversation. But, you know, the, the, the balance play of Frankfurt all year long with, with a couple other guys we're about to hear from, um, that, that kind of took away from his numbers a little bit. But definitely as he was solid enough. And he, he's, gonna be, he's only a sophomore. He's going to be moving up this, this dream team list uh, as he gets older. And we're following that up with another Frankfurt player, senior Will Newbold, 14.1 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, 4 assists a game, and uh, two, uh, 2 steals per contest as well. I mean, those two just gave them a nice 1-2 combo that teams weren't able to completely defend. Maybe you could take one away, but you couldn't usually take both. Yeah, in Division Four, if you got a couple kids who are able to put up 30 or 40 points, uh, just two guys, and you have enough complimentary pieces, that works out for you. Next, Mancelona sophomore Jaden Elfred. Got 14.6 points, 9 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 1.2 blocks, and 2.2 steals. Uh, another young talent that is going to be moving up this list, uh, I'm sure, very shortly. Then wrapping up the third team, Leland Jr., Gavin Miller. 
I believe he led the Comets in scoring of 16.5 points per game and added nine boards. He did. He played very, very well in the playoffs, too. I'm, I'm excited to see his clutch gene, and he showed up for them in soccer season, too, so pretty good athlete as a sophomore. Yeah, and with him and Pop back, they're going to have they're gonna be a team I mean, I, I think I, I could I be a factor in the They've got Northwest some pop in that year. lineup. Yeah, they do. No, I, uh, and I believe, and honestly, I think uh, um, their, their ability to score is going to get better. I mean, Gavin Miller pretty much led them in scoring throughout the playoffs. It seemed like he would just not knock him down with ease. He's a good three-point shooter. He can drive the ball. Um, he's got a good post presence, too. So Leading off the second team, Traverse City West junior Andy Soma. He was the sixth leading scorer in the Big North Conference at 14.1 points uh, per league game. Averaged a little better than 14.5 for the season. Three rebounds and two assists for the Titans. And we have Elk Rapids sophomore Preston Ball. He's the only underclassman on the first or second team. Playmaking young point guard that will be a, a force for a year to come after the uh, averaging 14.5 points, 3.9 assists, 3.6 boards, three steals a game, and also shooting 46% from the field for the Elks. Dynamic player. Yeah, definitely a, an energy guy that is going to be running their offense for the next couple of years. All right. Talk about another guy who runs an offense, or helps run an offense. And another especially. guy named Preston. Way to spoil it, Brendan. Traverse City Central senior Preston Briggs. He was fifth, just ahead of Andy Soma, in scoring in the BNC at 14.6 points per game. Preston Briggs has already signed with uh, University of Wisconsin Stout, um, along, alongside Leland's Grayson Carlson. Or Briggs averaged 12.5 points, 6.1 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and near, nearly a steal a game for the Traverse City Central Trojans. Yes, yeah, Stout is starting to uh, tap the Michigan resources because their new first-year head coach has been the main assistant for Ferris State through their national championship runs. So that Northern Michigan pipeline seems like it's, it's working its way out to Stout. Trevor Solani, a Manton senior, led the Rangers to win 17 of their last 19 games after an 0-3 start. They won a district title in the process, and Solani averaged 16 points, 5 boards, 1.6 steals, 1.5 assists, and was a 76% free throw shooter. The last guy in the second team is Bear Lake senior guard Trey Gilbert. Led all area players in scoring at 25.2 a game, adding in 4.2 rebounds, 4 steals, and 2.9 assists. Shot 40, 56% from the field and 40.5% from three-point line. Trey was a baller. I only, got to see, I only got to see him in limited action in a pretty tough game, but you could tell that kid had some skills. All right, Jake, lead, us, lead our dream team off with our coach of the year. I don't think this is much of a surprise, but Frankfurt's Dan Loney, first-year head coach after uh, Reggie Manville left the program. He took the reins, had lost the entire starting five from last year, came in and helped lead the Frankfurt Panthers all the way to the Division Four state title game, earned a spot as a state runner-up, and uh, really did it when nobody expected him to, so I'm you know, Coach Loney definitely deserved it. He was also named the uh, Associated Press D4 Coach of the Year, so just another thing to put on his uh, list of accolades. Danny Passanow, Traverse City St. Francis senior point guard. He was the definition of a floor general for the Gladiators. Uh, he led them to the regional finals, where they pushed eventual state runner-up Iron Mountain before bowing out. He averaged 12 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and three-and-a-half steals per game, shooting 42% from three-point land. He's another one of the guys, I think, like Peterson, where I think I don't think that the stats really belie how much he 
contributes to a game on a, on a game-to-game basis. Yeah, absolutely. There, uh, I mean, there is no doubt in my mind he was a dream teamer, even though, you know, the numbers would not necessarily suggest that alone. Then we have Gaylord senior forward Blake Charbonneau, uh, Big North Conference's second leading scorer behind uh, Alpina's Chris DeRocher. He put up a 44.20 rebound game this season, averaged 20.8 points and 11.5 rebounds a game. Also added in 1.5 steals, 1.1 blocks, and shot over 50% from the field. That sounds like a Boogie Cousins or Anthony Davis type of night. 44 and 20. It's a good one. Got him, uh, got him into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Bet it did. Next, the big man, junior, Glenn, from Glen Lake, Reese Hazelton, was obviously a force to be reckoned with for the Lakers. He was an honorable mention All-State pick in Division Three, and put up some pretty big numbers despite sitting you know, quite often in the big blowouts. He averaged 16 points, 6 rebounds, and, two and a half, or 2.7 assists a game while shooting 68% from the field. That's good. I mean, he's, I believe, six foot seven, so he definitely has a size to dominate down low, but we see him throw down a few times. We know he's got the athletic skill to do that. So uh, big things that come next year. He'll be the one kind of leading the way for the Lakers next season. Yeah, and he really had to play a different kind of game this season than what we saw from him as a sophomore. You know, with, with, with uh, Cade Peterson in the middle, he didn't have to play in the middle, so he was more kind of a wing guy shooting threes a lot. and, mm-hmm. and Kind of a spot-up shooter almost. Yeah, and yeah. He, had to, he had to change himself into more of a post player. You didn't see him take a whole lot of threes this season. He made them when he took them, though. He made them in a decent clip, yeah. But he didn't take nearly as many. You know, he took that role of having to be the guy in the middle. Yeah, and he embraced it well. Earned him a spot on our first team, or our dream team. Glenn Lake senior Xander Okerlund uh, joins the dream team as well. He was a second-team All-State pick in Division Three, after averaging 16.7 points, 4.3 assists, 5.7 rebounds, 2.4 steals, and nearly a block a game. He was a 43.5% three-point shooter. Uh, he's committed to play at Lake Superior State and finished his Laker career with 1,444 career points. James, that leaves you to announce our player of the year and upcoming guest on this episode of The Get Around. Jalen Rogers. I mean, Kate Peterson. <laughs> I mean, no. Tobin Schwanke. Trevor Steve Central Sr. I mean, he's just the top all-around threat, I think, in, 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 our, in, our, in our area. I mean, if he, you know, it's Division One and everything, but if you put him on a smaller team, I imagine oh. the stats he would put up at playing in a smaller school. Um, still averaged almost 17 points a game, about five rebounds, five assists, and 1.6 steals a game. Um, he was honorable mention All-State. He was the Big North Conference MVP, you know, over Charbonneau and DeRocher, who was the leading scorer in the league. So, so he beat out some quality players there, too, to, uh, to be the top player in the Big North Conference. Yeah, and I think Tobin is probably just one of the premier athletes in northern Michigan. The 2018-19 All-Region Boys Basketball Team brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. And with that, we'll uh, throw it right to our interview with Tobin Schwanke, who was kind enough to join us yet again at the Get Around Podcast Studio Third time downtown or just Traverse City. Time. Third, third third time. He becomes the first to three Pete as a guest on this podcast. We've had a couple of two timers, but uh, this is the first time we've had someone on three times. But he deserved it. He is our boys basketball Does he player of the year. Is he going to sign the big, the big board again? I don't know. Maybe we'll just we're have, have him put, put, we're we're put X three. Trace yeah. it or give him another color, and he can outline it or do like a bunch of asterisks or something next to it. But let's go ahead and listen to that now. 
my pleasure to welcome in our 2018-19 Boys Basketball Player of the Year, Traverse City Central senior Tobin Schwanicke. He's our first three-time guest on the Get Around podcast, uh, but as I said, he he earned this return performance for his play this season, uh, leading the Trojans. Good to have you in the studio again, Tobin. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Good to be here with you guys. All right, so let's let's start with that forty-two point game. Obviously, the uh, the season doesn't end the right way, but I feel like there's a bit of uh, a Tobin legend growing from this game since it happened all the way up in Marquette, and most of us didn't get to see it. We didn't know prior to that game about an injury you were dealing with. Like, what what all happened leading into that game and and that night? I mean, obvious reasons. We uh, I think we came out of halftime either down down eight, and uh, at that point, we had to make a decision if we wanted that to be our last half of basketball or not, so I was going to leave it all out there, certainly. <clears throat> now, obviously, it didn't end the way that we wanted it to, but uh <clears throat> can definitely look ourselves in the mirror and say that we left it all out there at the end of the day. Yeah, you guys end up going to overtime against Marquette. As I said, you had 42-34 in the second half in overtime, I believe. Were you hurting in that game, and what what was the deal with your shoulder going into that one? I had I had we played in Alpena against Alpena the Friday before, and I had dislocated my shoulder. So I mean, it was mainly just soreness leading up, and I had taken it easy a few days before the game. But to be honest, no, I didn't think about my shoulder once when we uh, stepped in between the lines. So, but I think it was Coach Shuba, maybe who said, but like you weren't shooting at all the couple of practices leading into that game, right? No, I hadn't, I hadn't taken a shot. Actually, not a single one. Not a single one. And then you dropped forty-two points. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I said there's a little yeah. bit of a legend exactly. to this story and then you now. Exactly. dropped forty-two points. So, if I'm not mistaken, um, I wh- what was the kid's name that was on Marquette? Marius Cruzan. Yeah, yeah. He, he scored what thirty-six or Th- something like 31. that. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. So yeah, so so Marcus scored thirty-one points in a battle in overtime. I mean, you and him are going back and forth, yep. um, I, bucket after bucket after reading that story. I know that's exactly how it seemed to play out. What is it like, especially when you know in a playoff situation? You're kind of going toe to toe against somebody, just putting points in the bucket and trying to lead your team to success. Yeah, well, I had, I had actually played AAU with Marius last spring, and we actually we talked to this day. We're pretty close, so I mean that definitely added to it the competitive nature there. And yeah, we were just battling out. We were both in the same situation. We both obviously thought that our team was going to come out on top the whole way, and we we're going to do whatever it took. So, props to him. I mean, <clears throat> at the end of the day, we didn't do enough, and they did. So. Now you've obviously worn kind of many different hats for the for this team over the course of the season. You know, sometimes you're playing distributor role, racking up assist numbers. Uh, you know, sometimes you're scoring like you were against Marquette, hitting the glass, whatever. Or what was the most difficult thing about deciding what your team needed, game in and game out on any given night? I think just the game of basketball in general comes a lot down to matchups, and with, especially with all the talent that we had our te- on our team this year with. You know, Briggs and Sherwin and whoever it was. We had a bunch of talent, so if we're playing whoever and we got a mismatch at this position, then we're going to hit that all night and do the best we can to take advantage there. And um, against Marquette, basically, uh, second half came out and hit a few shots. And at that point, just uh, it kept falling. <laughs> I was just saying prayers, and they were going in. So we'll, uh, we'll take what we can get at all times throughout the season. I thought we did a pretty good job of getting the ball in the right spot at the right time, which is what we worked on most, and just letting the game come to us as a team. That's where when we were at our best. Now, we, we, we up here in Traverse City know that you've had a couple big athletic performances, not just on the basketball court, on the football field as well. 
have you ever felt so hot as when you were dropping thirty four in those in those second in the second in, you know those second half and the overtime? I mean, like you said, they just kept on falling. What what is that like when you get on a roll like that? I couldn't really describe it. I mean, I've heard uh, announcers say when we're watching Carson Edwards last week at Purdue <laughs> that that kid's unconscious, right? He's shooting the ball, he's unconscious, and that's kind of what it was like. I mean, I didn't, I don't know if a thought crossed my mind the whole game other than just. Just trying to win. Just trying to win. So I, I didn't really think too much about it, to be honest. I had no idea how many I was at or how many I had. Just trying to get an edge on the other team. I would, I would guess that you're probably better known for your athletic ability on the football field than the basketball floor, maybe. But I'm so I'm curious how you feel. I mean, obviously you're getting. Uh, we're honoring you with this award. I mean, did. Did you get to where you wanted to get to in basketball by the end of your high school career? And obviously, you know, last time we talked, you still hoped that football and basketball would both be options at the college level. Uh, no, certainly not. I had I had two goals in high school. One was to win a state championship in football. The other one was to win a state championship in basketball, and I did not do either of those. So I did want to ask you about uh, the two sports. Uh, you know, we've seen you perform at a high level in both, and uh, now you are Good, good doing a new track, so you're gonna stay in shape before you move into uh, move into college here. Um, but what do you think is the common denominator? Maybe not in between the sports themselves, but in between you and how you approach the game um, that keeps you at the high level on the football field, on on the basketball court, or even if you're running around the track. What do you think is the common denom- denominator when it comes to you? I think it probably just starts with the way the way I was raised. I mean, second place is not okay. Good is not good enough. Um, don't take no for an answer. That's kind of the way, I mean, you want to be the best in all that you do. So that's what I strive for every day. Even if it's coming up short, then strive, shoot for the stars. If you come up short, then you're higher than you would have been if you didn't shoot for the stars in the first place. So that's the way I see everything. Just leave it all out there every day. Usually when you see high-level athletes um, and they're on the recruiting trail and they're getting recruited, they haven't signed yet or anything like that, a lot of times they're, they're dropping their spring sport you know, to maybe not get hurt or anything like that, you're adding a spring sport. And right. you used to be on the track team, but you weren't for a while. Now mm-hmm. you're going back to, to track. Uh, what's the what's the thought process there, and why'd you go back to the track team? I mean, obviously we got an outstanding program at Travis City Central, and my main look at it was to, to uh, get faster. I mean, Coach Lober and Coach Fisher and those guys, they, <laughs> they know a lot about what they're doing there. So I want to take advantage of that coaching and get as fast as I can before next fall, next football season, hopefully, is the ultimate goal. So the, the plan, I would assume, that is sprinting, maybe yeah. hurdles? Well, I plan to run the one in the 200, obviously, because okay. I'm just trying to get faster. But uh, <laughs> Coach Lover's on me every day about running the 400, so we'll see where we end up. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to try and toss you into yeah, some stuff yeah. that, that you don't want to do, but right. that's, I think that's all part of the growing process, exactly isn't right. it? Exactly right. So which one is the easier transition, then, moving from football season as, as a high school athlete? Moving from football season, where you probably got some bumps and bruises, to basketball season, or moving from basketball season to track, where you have a week in between of spring right. break, and, and you're kind of not probably not doing anything athletically involved. I think it's for us. It starts with that Travis City Central. I don't know if you guys have seen our weight room or not, and Coach Glee, but he does an outstanding job there. So I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't describe any of the transitions as any sort of difficult because year round we're working in that weight room. He's getting us ready to be at our peak performance at all times. So I don't see any transition as any harder than the other. I see them as, <clears throat> as keep improving all the way through. So I did want to, I, I mentioned, you know, the last time you were here, you talked about potential college avenues. Have, have, have you gotten any closer to determining what the future looks like yet? Um, 
Time is ticking, and believe me, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm aware of that. But to be honest, no, I have not. I'm gonna. I got probably three, four weeks to decide, and a few different options and leads that I'm not completely sure about yet. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna take as much time as I can in effort to get the best opportunity that I can and take advantage of that. So no, I can. As of right now, I have no idea where I'm going to be at going to school five months from now, which is a little bit scary, but I'm, uh, I'm going to do my best not to stress about it, knowing that everything's meant to be, and I'm going to end up where I'm supposed to end up. You said you, said you had a, a phone call right before you were on here. Is, is that something you uh, you want to talk about a little bit? or? Um, I mean, there's no guarantees yet, so yeah. we'll, uh, maybe we'll hide that for a minute. <laughs> yeah. now, now I'll bring us back to our high school sports. Um, you did kind of mention that you, you said you had two, two ultimate goals when you were in high school, was to win a football state championship and win a basketball state championship. You know, kind of fell short those, yep. but um, now, now you picked up track. You know, like you said, Traverse City Central is a pretty good track team. I mean, yeah. are you looking to be that leader who's going to step in as a senior and be like, hey, guys, let's let's go win a state championship Certainly. here at Traverse City Central? Yeah, obviously, like I said, you try to be the best in all that you do, so we're obviously going to strive for that. There's really no other option, especially the way Coach Lober's done it. He's brought that into every single kid that shows up at practice every day. So we're going to be the best at what we do every single day. So I got I got to ask, how, how long has John been bugging you to get back onto the track? Well, I, this is my first year running track. Oh, it is the high, first year yeah, in high school? Time, okay. It's my first time running track. So, yeah, he's been uh, <laughs> probably six, seven times a year, phone calls, meeting me in school. <laughs> hey, you coming out this spring? And <clears throat> I had AAU basketball before. So, right. I mean, he did understand that. But uh, I'm excited to be out there with him this spring, certainly. What was his best pitch? <clears throat> I mean, really, all his pitches all along, I couldn't disagree with. It was just the fact that I was busy. I was gone every weekend. I was downstate for practice two days a week, so I wasn't gonna be able to. I didn't want to do something if I wasn't gonna be able to go all, all the way in with it. So, his pitch, believe me, he's he's a great salesman with that. He, <laughs> as you guys see, he walks around the halls and gets, hey, can you you run, you run, you run. You guys want to run track this spring, and he does an outstanding job of getting the fastest kids in the school out in uh, out during track season. So uh, there was really no pitch that I ever would have disagreed with. It was just what would have worked best for me. And now I have time to run track this senior spring, and I'm excited about it. So now you've had a couple of weeks with uh, Coach Lober. Um, now you've had Coach Sugars, Coach Shuba, Coach Lober. All seem they're pretty intense guys. Yeah, uh, to, to a degree. Um, is there any contrast that you see or any type of comparison that you can put between the three coaches that you've had um, at the varsity level, uh, you know, at Traverse City Central that has kind of, bred this culture that, that you have in your mind. Yeah, certainly. And it starts with each of them three. They have, there's not just about showing up on Friday nights or whatever it is and performing. It's about not even practice field. It's about everything you do in life. Each of these guys preach. If you want to be the best, you can't just be the best in one area. You can't be the best at shooting threes or throwing the football. You need to make your bed. You need to make your bed at night. You need to do all these things. And that's how you become great. You create great habits in every aspect of life. One of the questions I have is that, uh, so what did you do for spring break? Uh, Cabo San Lucas. We just uh, got back from Cabo San Lucas, low senior trip. Nice. Were you able to just kind of put the recruiting stuff on the back burner for that week, or does that, yeah. did that still creep in? I did. That's what, that was a good part about it. I uh, got a chance to get away from school and get away from all the stress, uh, thinking about where I'm going to end up next year. It was yeah, an outstanding time. Mm -hmm. Did you go with a big group or family? or? We, or had, what did you uh, we had eight or ten, I think nine people from Central and three, three pairs of uh, parents. So, yeah, we had a great time. It's not a huge group, but... Nice and compact. No matter nice. where you end up next year, Cabo St. Lucas sounds like a pretty good destination. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. Right. A <laughs> lot, lot of your uh, teammates on that trip as well? Yeah, we had Sherwin and Briggs were out there, Ike Battle, football, Hudson. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time. Got some good bonding in. And, uh, yeah, first time to Cabo St. Lucas. I was amazed. Yeah, so I wanted to ask just, I mean, obviously 
I'm sure you guys had a ton of fun and that was the main focus, but having spent so many having spent so much time with those guys on different playing surfaces, what did it mean to get kind of one last week where you guys all get to relax together and have fun before everybody kind of goes off into the world on to do their own thing? Yeah, it meant a lot to each of us. We uh we definitely took advantage of it. We definitely had fun, relaxed to the best of our ability and uh won't forget it, certainly. You didn't do a little bit of running on the beach to tell Lower you were keeping in track in shape. I did. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got a freaky fast five. Well, we'll <coughs> start with uh, an obvious one. Just uh, who's coming out of the final four? I'm taking Michigan State all the way. <laughs> Certainly. Michigan State, go Sparty. If you were a box of cereal, what would you be and why? I would say mini wheats. I basically live off mini wheats. There's been times where I've had mini wheats for three out of three of my meals on the day. So, yeah. <laughs> See, I, think, I don't think I've ever done one cereal for Frosted all... or regular? What's that? Frosted or regular? Frosted. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think I've ever done cereal. one cereal for all three meals, but I think I've done three different cereals for okay. three different meals. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sugary guy. I Frosted, I would say regular mini wheats. I don't know if I'm going to eat those. That's like eating sawdust. <laughs> you like a Cocoa Pebbles guy? Yeah, yeah, Fruity Pebbles more than Cocoa Pebbles. Yeah. Fruity Pebbles are awesome, but Captain Crunch Berries... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, crunch. Crunch. Yes. 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 Perfect temperature to set the thermostat at. Well, my mom likes to keep it at like 64 degrees. And Ooh. All. That's a little, <laughs> little, That's a little yeah. Um, probably about, I would say, 70, 71 is good with me. I'm, I'm, I'm a solid 68er. Yeah. I'm, I'm below, I need a little bit of a chill in the air, but nothing that's going to settle in, you know. This is an so. interesting one since we were just talking about all the many things that you're good at. What are you really happy about being terrible at? I wouldn't say I'm happy about being terrible at anything. <laughs> if I'm, uh, whether it's a game of chess or checkers or I'm playing someone I'm five-year-old and <laughs> whatever game it is, I'm going to be very upset if I lose. So. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm bad at doing the dishes, so then yeah. I get out of doing the dishes. <laughs> yeah. James, you're thinking... Next level on that question. Yeah, yeah, he's like, he's got a wife. He knows how to get out. These are the type of hypotheticals that his wife would I did the dishes yesterday, to. man. It's like, so what do you think you're terrible at? Well, you're going to have to do it forever. Don't say anything. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Good Never answer. In years. Good answer. We're all in agreement? You better not. You look, look at me in the eyes and I you think know. it's a sandwich. It depends on how technical you want to get. There's no technicality. It's a hot dog. <laughs> And Die Hard is a Christmas movie. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> Here, there's question okay, number Die five. Hard, is Die, Die Hard a Christmas, Christmas movie or not? I haven't seen it. Haven't the, seen it. Oh. No. 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 <laughs> he doesn't need to see it to know it's not a damn Christmas movie. This, this, I, dude, it's going to come around next Christmas, and I'm going to be just as heated, just so you know. All right, since he hadn't, since he hadn't seen it, it I'll, I'll stick with the food theme and throw one more for the fifth question. How do you feel about pineapple on your pizza? Don't like it. Don't like it. Once but again, do you, my, but do you judge other people who you who do it? Oh no, certainly not. I'll just I'll just pick them <laughs> off without uh, trying to get too much attention on myself. Okay. See, I pick them off. I like it, but I just pick them off. Look at the people. I don't like pineapple. What kind of animal are you? <laughs> Five year old kid. Come on, what do you expect? <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our conversation with our 2018-19 boys basketball player of the year. Traverse City Central's Tobin Schwanke. Tobin, we, uh, we look forward to hearing about the future, whatever that may hold for you. Hopefully you uh, find out soon enough for yourself, and uh, thanks for coming in. Certainly. My pleasure as always, fellas. Another big thank you to Traverse City Central's Tobin Schwanke. 
our 2018-19 Boys Basketball Player of the Year. That conversation brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. Hopefully our Audible viewers are enjoying our Ath Tweet of the Week segment, uh, which is where we're headed right now. And uh, as I mentioned, James was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And he found some good ones. So, James, yep. I... I uh, I'll let you go with what you what you chose as the at tweet of the week. Uh, again, for those unfamiliar with the segment, we just try to pick out a clever or hot take or just something funny, some yeah, interesting, humorous post by worthy of a retweet, a coach or a player or someone who had ties to the sporting world here in Northern Michigan at some point in time. And uh, and then we read you that tweet here. Unbelievably. And then that person gains so many followers on Twitter. I mean, at the very least, one. <laughs> Which is Brendan. Yeah. Adam Arbor, former Traverse City St. Francis football player, said uh, Rocky may have beat Ivan Drago in Rocky Four, but the Russian gave Rocky permanent brain damage, so who actually won? <laughs> it's going deep. That's... That's quality. So now my question is, was he watching, was was Adam watching Rocky, or... He was doing a Rocky marathon. Was this just a a random thought that popped into his head? But that's the great thing about Twitter, is that it really is a a venue for all random thoughts that pop into your head. You can find Adam at Adam underscore armor, A-R-M-O-U-R. Like Under Armour. Correct. Like Armour Hot Dogs. Oh. James found another good tweet from Joe Stazinski, who played for... Another St. Francis. Okay. Another St. Francis kid. James must have a gladiators list. Uh, at Joe Studs, S-T-U-D-Z-18. And uh, he was actually quoting uh, one of those passable or shareable tweets around, I guess, that it was Unpopular Opinion Athlete Edition. And his unpopular opinion was... Once your sports career is over, you get way more competitive in miscellaneous games. And then he CC'd Cornhole and Beer Pong. Among other things, I believe all of us can attest to this yeah. fact. Yes. Jake, very competitive with Beer Pong. Yes. I believe all of you us get can very too. You get too intense when you play Beer Pong. You man. don't want to know. It's because we ran the table. I do know. Yeah, that's why I, played I win. Beer pong that's with you why we times. win, James. That's why we won. You get everybody else off the table with your own intimidation tactics off the start. We got to... Play hard. I didn't think it was. A, I didn't think it was an intimidating. Oh, <laughs> it was an intensity, uh, and, and, but not intimidating. Well, There's a difference. The way I but, make my shots will yeah. intimidate you. But before we jump to the Hall of Fame, I do want to give everybody the opportunity. You know, we're always looking for people to share and engage uh, with this podcast. So, in deference to Adam Armour's tweet about Rocky, uh, please just share your favorite Rocky GIF or GIF. Whichever you prefer, soft or hard G, and uh, share that uh, in the comments, and maybe we'll get you fed with some Jimmy John's. We can get you fed. Speaking of getting people fed. Yeah, Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah! Now it's time for that Hall of Fame induction to the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Again, this is another retroactive version. So these are athletes who did not make the get around Hall of Fame during the regular season for one reason or another, uh, but athletes that... Plenty have came close. That's right. But certainly athletes that we wanted to recognize 
No vote on this one. We'll each just put a name out there. And uh, I will start with Kingsley Girls Basketball's Brittany Bowman. I mean, she was the absolute leader of that team. She's still got a year to go. Uh, very impressive athlete. I mean, I'm pretty sure she's made our Hall of Fame before in, uh, yeah, in, other, yeah, in other seasons. Uh, she's going to be a dominant force in track and field here coming up, uh, but she she definitely gets in. Yeah, like with these retroactives, like it's funny because we put them in as retroactive, and I always sit there and I think, how did they not get in at some point this season? But you realize how exclusive this club really is. That's what it is. Next, for me, I have somebody who we already talked about today on our all-region basketball team, Manton's Trevor Solani. Obviously, uh, you already heard his stats from the season it was definitely a showed up all the time for the Rangers. Uh, definitely deserving of a spot in our Hall of Fame. And James, who is your retroactive inductee? Petoskey's Andrew Van Antwerp, uh, the sophomore defenseman, second team All-State this year, uh, led a, a huge resurgence of the, the Petoskey hockey program in the last couple of seasons, and he'll be contributing for a couple more, hopefully. You know, hopefully that uh, uh, travel of junior hockey doesn't scoop him up and we get to see him for a couple more years. A member of last week's all-region hockey dream team. And now it's time for the trifecta, that fantastic segment that ends our show each and every week. Hopefully our Audible viewers are waiting on the edge of their seats for this one. Well, I know they are. Just a pretty simple question. I know. Do, I think I know who Jake's going with, unless he still lacks a little faith. No. But are you taking Michigan State or the field? Should, should I answer this first? You guys, you guys answer this first because I'm probably going to go on a bit of a... A rant? A little bit of a, a run, yeah. Uh, I, I really like Michigan State's chances, given this given this Final Four. I mean, no no Duke, because they already beat them. No Carolina. No Kentucky. No Gonzaga. No, no Kentucky. You know, they're the, they're the blue blood, the biggest blue blood left. And, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I think all these four coaches, too, they're going to have a coaching advantage. I, I think th- definitely. They're going to come in with a game plan. They're going to come in with being able to take – things away from other teams, kind of like they they didn't take Zion Williamson out of the game. But like they didn't let him run the game. They didn't let him control the game. Yeah. They tried to funnel him back to his right because he obviously much doesn't like doesn't, his left hand, yeah. much more comfortable with his left hand, likes going to the left. And so they were, they were constantly overplaying him the opposite of the way you see teams play teams mostly. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, did you see the way the Bucks played James Harden last week? That was ridiculous. It's like that, funny. it was that was awesome. I mean, so I so I think Michigan State will have a nice advantage there in that they're gonna, you know, they're definitely gonna come in with a game plan tailored mm-hmm. to their opponent. Well, Tom Izzo has over three hundred more wins, career than the next closest, uh, out of any of the other three coaches. Like literally doubling them, which up. doesn't matter at all. No, but I'm just, well, he's talking about having a coaching experience, um, having having that type of game plan. And I mean, you gotta think this is Izzo's eighth Final Four in twenty three years. Um, Virginia hasn't been there since 1984. Texas Tech, Auburn have never been to the Final Four. Um, yeah. not, the other, those other three coaches have never coached in a Final Four game, mm-hmm. um, let alone something like that. So I, I think you have a pretty solid point there. But are you taking MSU or are you taking the field? I, I'll take MSU. I, I also I like their chances to get to the finals especially because I think they're going to have the kind of the motivation in the, in the rivalry with Michigan and that they're going to want to beat Texas Tech because Texas Tech beat Michigan. And it's that's just like going to be, a, just gonna be, a, gonna be another feather in their cap for this season. And so that's going to serve as another little extra bonus in there for them. Right. Well, I do like Michigan State to get to the final, uh, in part because Texas Tech is this explosive offensive team, and that's what Duke was. And 
Michigan State held them to 67 points. So I'm, I guess I'll be surprised if the, their defense doesn't uh, stifle the Red Raiders as well. Uh, but, and now I'm not saying that I necessarily think uh, Virginia is the, is the favorite if they played Michigan State, but I particularly like, uh, I don't know if, if it's poetic justice, but I like the idea of the first number one to lose to a 16 comes back the next year and then wins the whole thing as a bit of a redemption story. Well, of course, I don't like that and, thought at all. <laughs> and, of course, and I, I love me some Tony Bennett. His dad, Dick Bennett, took the Badgers to the Final Four in the same year that uh, Michigan State won their last national championship in 2000. And, uh, you know, he, he'll always be a favorite uh, son of Wisconsin fans, even if he never does end up coming back mm-hmm. to coach the Badgers. Hopefully that happens at some point, but I don't think he's leaving Virginia anytime soon. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with Virginia. Yeah, you're going to go with the field then? I, I, technically, you, yeah. I don't actually think Texas Tech or Auburn will do it, but I think uh, it's yeah, it'll be Virginia, Michigan State, and I like this. I like the storyline behind the Cavaliers. I kind of, I kind of am sitting here thinking you guys already know my answer because the way we started this podcast, of course, because I bought tickets. I and like I said, I told you guys I actually didn't buy tickets for the Final Four and the National Championship game. I actually just bought tickets for the National Championship game. Uh, that was for financial reasons. They had way too much money to do all of it, hoping and praying, gambling that my Spartans are going to get out of Saturday and make it to Monday. Uh, but honestly, I, up until this point, I did not believe this was a Final Four team. I didn't think they were going to be able to do it. Uh, but you guys have kind of put a couple different pieces together for me. Not only have they played fantastic, um, beat Duke, which is all-time high, uh, but the Final Four field that there is, it, it doesn't scare me, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, Like we said, I'm used to having Kentucky on the other side of that bracket, Duke sitting there waiting for us. Uh, North Carolina ready to, you know, think about 2009, just completely roll us out in a, in a title game. That, that's not there this time. And I really like Tom Izzo's uh, record against Tony Bennett if it does go Virginia. I mean, in the last, I think they played each other in a tournament four times in the last eight years, and Michigan State's won all four uh, meetings. Uh, Virginia and Tony Bennett's game style doesn't really work against Tom Izzo's um, push, pace, run, and gun, and make sure he doesn't, Tom Izzo doesn't let, um, the, the pace of the game get dictated, if that makes any sense. But I don't, I don't think they, need, they can look past Texas Tech. Texas Tech literally has the best defense in the country uh, by far. When I've watched them play, it's fantastic. Um, but I, have all the, I, I now have all the confidence in the world. I haven't since November when the, first, when the first ball tipped off this season and I was watching. You guys have seen me watch dozens of games up on the TV here in the office, and I, I've always been hyped, but I was never all chips in. Uh, man, I'm almost more of all chips in than I have been ever thinking that they actually are going to win it. Because when I went down to the Final Four in 2015, I hate to be like, hey, we had such a great team, but we, we went up against Duke with Jaleel Okafor, and then Wisconsin was on the other side, who ended up beating an undefeated 38-0 Kentucky team. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, it was, but you understand my point. It was definitely uh, the, the chances weren't. The highest of faith then, and I, I do have the. I went down there fully expecting to beat Duke and win it all, but I am driving ten hours to Minneapolis starting at Friday night to make sure that I'm in Minneapolis when my Spartan Dogs win it, if they win it, hopefully, because I I wouldn't forgive myself if I wasn't there. 
Before we let our Audible viewers off the hook, we want to award a winner from last week, the winner of two Jimmy John sandwiches, Mike Wittersheim. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Uh, but James uh, will be getting in touch with you uh, via Facebook so we can get your free sandwich vouchers out in the mail. We appreciate you listening and engaging with this podcast. And don't forget, we'll get you fed uh, if you do the same. Not surprisingly, a hockey guy who shared the, the hockey podcast. Not surprising. Maybe no. we'll get some basketball people sharing the basketball one. So, Mike Wittersheim is the uh, former TC Central goalie and the current goalie coach for the Bay Raps. Okay. So please uh, share this pop- podcast, interact with us, share your favorite Rocky GIF, and uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at BA Sports Writer, James at James Cook 14 and Jake Atnip at Jake Atnip. This has been episode 75 of the Get Around. Have a good one.